0: This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Myself.
1: On that note, James, because you started to throw out such great information, and we can only hold off so long to get yeah, to I'm the to that was Monday, so let's do this. Bucks fall to the Cowboys 31-14, uh, to 14, and I want to say that that 14, I wish that I was coming on here and saying that those 14 points were – early in the game, halfway through this magnificent rally and then they just, you know, the Cowboys out-cowboyed them or something. No, a, tell, no. how tell,
0: <laughs> how no. tell how it is. No. The
1: unfortunate honesty to this conversation, to this recap, to this season-ending situation is the fact that the Bucks defense came out hot for 8 minutes, exhausted themselves, did not adjust to the Cowboys' adjustments, and got ran all over. The Bucs did not find the end zone until the end of the game. And if you can go back to that mental picture that James painted for you in terms of Russell Gage being in when the game was over, trying to make these monumental plays, what that injury would have really, really been talked about, how that injury would have been talked about, if it was worse in the timing in which it was collected, it's because, yeah, the Bucks tried to rally. And of course, you want to see your team fight the good fight all the way to the end. But this game was the Cowboys game 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And to what extent? Well, the first thing that stands out to me, James, is the fact that this team had almost 20 more offensive possessions than the Bucs did, mm-hmm. which is em- Controlling the embarrassing. Game things happen yeah but full control of the game They 34 34 minutes and 34 seconds of possession compared to the bucks 25 minutes and 26 seconds of possession offensive plays are you ready the cowboys actually had 69 offensive plays to the bucks 80 plays now that totaled up more so in that fourth in that third and fourth quarter Mm -hmm. not the first half Offensive yards, Cowboys have four hundred and twenty-five to the Bucks' three hundred and eighty-six yards per play, six point two to the Bucks' four point eight. And then one of the things that I mentioned on the last few episodes of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns was: please do not go out there and collect stupid penalties; it'll cost you nearly thirty yards. Please and don't Thirty-four get me yards in penalties. I'm going to take a just like a quick little pauser on that. Hey, not even it is, not even, it is not even all
0: Donovan's. I would love to see here and be, and and throw Donovan Smith off the plank and be like, but it it's all not on t-.
1: him. But it's not
0: on him. I'm not even. Did he collect the penalty himself in that? I'm not even sure. And anyone was talking about how he wasn't healthy and he may not come back. He got one.
1: He got I mean, one
0: penalty. It wasn't even all on him. I I gotta look at that secondary a lot and trust me. I will I will talk about that secondary for a little bit. But as a as a as a, as a whole. This is what I saw. And and I'm glad that you talked about the yardage and the plays because you look at the number of plays ran and the yardage and you're like, one, the yardage disparity is not crazy. They had, a, when the yardage disparity, mm-hmm. you look at it, it's like an extra possession, right? They had an extra 60, 70 yards of offense. That's like another possession for the Cowboys. Yep. I'm cool with that. Um, the number <laughs> of plays ran, we outnumber them in number of plays is because we have, you know, four three and outs compared to right. one... 10 play drive for the Cowboys. So we will have more plays that results in less points, um, which right. is just your team running on and off the field. That's not what you want to do. The, the Buccaneers defense came out for that first eight minutes, uh, uh, forced the Cowboys into back-to-back three and outs. It looked mm-hmm. great. And then we saw, Casey, a microcosm of what you and Kaylee had been talking about all season, is the offense not helping out the defense. And, yes, yes. Like, what, what the Buccaneers didn't do is keep Dak in the nervous state. Dak Prescott mm-hmm. came out with all sorts. You could see it. The lights were a little bright. He's playing a divisional game uh, or a, a, a playoff game on Monday yeah, night. He that
1: twinkle in his eye.
0: You know what I mean? The, the second, third play of the game, he goes to throw a bubble screen to CD Lamb and nearly, and nearly throws it like three yards away from him just because he's so nervous. He can't even grip the ball right. And when I saw mm-hmm. that, I was like, this is the Buccaneers' opportunity to jump all over the Cowboys and get them while they're down, get them before they establish a rhythm, get them before they get a the
1: turnover, do,
0: do something, do something. Mm-hmm. So they don't Dallas goes and and, and scores in the first possession. So then the Buccaneers in that answer possession are driving down the field. And and yep. that's not something that I anticipated to see a lot. I thought as soon as we got down, we'd go into panic mode and a three and out would happen. A not sustained drive would happen. Here goes the Cowboys. And then I watched the offense move it 80 yards down the field. And then what else happens? Something that, again, we've been talking about all season. Not finishing drives in the red zone. Casey, I'm not sure how you saw that Tom Brady interception, but that might have been <sighs> one of the worst plays, not, not in his Buccaneers career, but like it's his higher. career. There, his there entire was- career. He panicked. He panicked like he was a first year, second year quarterback in his first playoff game. And instead of throwing it out the back of the end zone, like we've seen him do thousands of times, he panics and chucks the ball up to Russell Gage, who's not even looking at the ball, who's not even expecting to get the ball. There was two
1: Cowboys jerseys in coverage and one Bucks jersey that was clearly just like eliminated from the play. It made zero sense. It made zero sense. And is Tom Brady allowed to muck up? Yeah, absolutely, sure. but sure. not like that and not in the red zone and while you finish your perfect point, their right. red zone percentage was 33%. Yeah, kick Can- continue.
0: We're not we're not we're <laughs> not going to beat anybody in the playoffs, no good teams if we're not able to answer and keep their best players on the sideline. And that that's not yep. what what the Bucks did at all. So so that happened and that eliminated the Bucks ability to stay in attack mode because now the Cowboys offense comes back on the field and what, what helps a quarterback with nerves, give me an extra possession. Yeah. Like instead of that, going back out in the field with a tie ball game and feeling the pressure of having to answer Tom Brady's drive, he goes mm-hmm. back on the front foot, knowing that if I score here, we go up two scores and the game looks out of hand for them. A Buccaneers team that cannot play from behind. So that's right. the ultimate confidence, the ultimate breathe. And in that drive, that fourth possession for the Cowboys is when you saw Dak completely settle in. And to me, it was, it was almost out of reach right there. Like when you saw the the Cowboys go for their second consecutive 80 yard drive, move the bucks down the field, convert on a third and fourth down on that drive. Like, you know, they're settled in Dak is confident. Kellen Moore is confident in his play. Like they're, they're more confident than us right now. And it's over. Like once they won the confidence battle, I, I thought the game was over right there. That, it was an early turning point in the game for me, but I thought that was where the Bucks lost it, right in that, not in that mm-hmm. possession, but in that play, that Tom yeah. Brady play is where I think the game got turned on its head. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Well, and then confidence being a key factor here is so crucial because here's the thing. Cowboys had some some issues on their end that should have weight against their confidence or maybe mm-hmm. got in their head a little bit if the Bucs were able to come out and suffocate them. The All way right. that the Cowboys defense was suffocating, stifling the Bucks' offense. Now, the Cowboys kicker goes out there and misses almost every misses every kick except for one for the night. That could have been mental warfare right, right there. there. Like, okay, right he missed the extra point. Let's let let's run this down their throat. Let's smother them. Let's get in their heads. Let's, let's let them know, them know that those that. extra points are going to cost them.
0: Yes, let's make cost them never because you them still feel saw
1: yes, exactly yes, you yes. still saw concern on Dak yes. Prescott on the sidelines when he missed the second freaking field goal of the night. And slammed his helmet and was like, of course,
0: F you too. two of them. Yeah. Right. You Those
1: saw two. there was a, there was a moment there that you could have been like, yeah, I'm getting in your head. I'm coming in the back water. Uh, this.
0: Yep, I'm I'm there. Yep. But case they you didn't can't,
1: do that. They didn't have that. They did not have, they have that. the
0: confidence in themselves. Like you can't look at the at the other sideline and be like, guys. which reflects to me to the confidence
1: over. in the coaching staff, but yeah. continue.
0: No, no, yeah. but I but that, that message has to come from somewhere. And if, mm-hmm. and if Tom Bowles isn't, isn't, or the coaching staff or Tom Brady isn't confident in themselves, you're not looking at the other sideline and watching their demeanor. You're too worried about yep. why we're not doing X, Y, and Z. So our head is down, our head's in a surface tablet, our head's in a huddle instead of looking at the side, other sideline and be like, guys, look how, look how messed up they are. Look how not yeah. dialed in they are. Let's jump on them. I'm not even sure if they would notice Dak Prescott slamming his helmet down because they're not like, they're, they're not worried about that. And, it's something that I see a lot, especially in the playoffs. And and we saw it last year with the Rams, with Cam Akers fumbling three times in five minutes. It's like mm-hmm. when a team plays Tom Brady, they, they do bugaboo stuff. Like they, they right. almost, <laughs> almost get so nervous that Tom Brady's on the other side that non-football mm-hmm. things happen. And you will find yourself, if you're on a Tom Brady team, able to stay in the game because the other team is just going to make mistakes that are inexplicable. And I, and yeah. it's not something that I always want to predict because like, who's going to like, how can you predict something like that's going to happen? But, but I'm it happens because after the game, like, they want
1: this man's signature and stuff. Like The
0: Cowboys are going to do something stupid to keep us in the game. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, four missed extra points. And Casey, you hit it on the oh, head. What? We never made them feel that. The fact that it's not even a talking point days after the game, shows you how right. little the Buccaneers made the Cowboys feel that or pay for that. And that's that's just that's awful. I think that's awful. Well,
1: that they almost got rewarded for that nonsense because then we talked, we jump back to that yeah. extra possession conversation that you mentioned. That extra possession should have never gone to the Cowboys. That should have been in the Bucks' favor of mm-hmm. applying the pressure of the mistakes of their kicker. It's just any opportunity that they got to apply pressure, it didn't really come come up to par whatsoever. And yeah. I think that and the confidence angle this. is the most crucial one to pay attention to because they almost That's... played themselves out of this game.
0: Mm-hmm. And, th- and think about this. My misses that extra point. If Brady doesn't throw that interception, even if they don't get six out of it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you live to see another down, you let suck up hit a field goal. It's a six to three ball game. And guess what? That goes back out there with pressure. Like that yep. goes back out there. with saying like, I got to put points on the board because if I don't, they come back and either tie or take the lead. Now I'm not mm-hmm. playing comfortable. Now I'm pressing. Now I'm forcing. Now I'm, I feel the need to do it. And Dak doesn't play well with that. Dak plays well nope. with like playing on the front foot, playing mm-hmm. on with, with a larger margin of error. And, and maybe that's what we can kind of boil all this down to is we extended the Cowboys' margin of error. Every time we didn't make them feel it, every time we turn the ball over, the Cowboys' margin for error got larger, and the Buccaneers' margin for error got smaller. And these yep. are, I think, both teams in the playoffs that weren't really built to play from a deficit. So whoever jumped yeah. on that front foot was going to was probably going to win the game, and, they, and we allowed them – not they did it, Casey. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers allowed them to do it, allowed them yes. to jump back on that front foot, take command, and – that's it right there. But I, the the, the, tra- the trajectory of the game goes completely different if it's 6-3 going into that fourth Cowboys possession instead of yep. 6-0 off a turnover. Like uh, that's yeah. completely different.
1: And the, the longer that they sat at that zero mark is the more that it just gassed up the Cowboys as well. And the pressure that they were able to apply in week one, the mental warfare they were able to bring to the game week one, we didn't see any of that on Monday night. And it's interesting because if you guys didn't catch the episode with John Ledyard, even though the game has come and gone, still great insight and evaluation mm-hmm. of these players, um, of some of the play calling, of the position groups. You're going to want to go back and listen to that episode with the one and only John Ledyard. But he also mentioned the fact that you know, Shaq Barrett was a huge part of that pressure application in week one. And what it. will that be like without him there in, in, in the wild Card matchup? And while we have so much faith and confidence in some of the things that we were seeing out of Anthony Nelson and Carl Nassib, it, it almost felt like a tremendous difference. Like I a saw the yeah. way that John explained that play out in the game and other games, I would have probably begged to, to differ that, you know, Oh, Carl Nassib could probably give a little bit more. He could step up. Nobody was able to step up and fulfill that role. JTS mm. had a pretty solid game. You know, he's he's a bull in a china shop. He uh, tries to rely on his athleticism, sometimes more than Disrupt strategy, yeah. which can work. Yeah, which can work. Um, is it maybe a little early in his career to try to have that? I, in my personal opinion, yes. But if he continues to make that his focus, he can make it his own and he can make it, you know, actually play it pay off on the field I, it didn't pay off as much on monday was he probably one of the top people applying pressure absolutely besides vita vea and akeem hicks in all of that though it's just the team as a whole didn't have that i didn't see that fire that you saw in week one not even week two and that just takes us back to another revolving conversation we've had here on jolly rogers and touchdowns of how it starts from the head you mentioned that as well so in all of this, they just created so many opportunities for the Cowboys to stay afloat, for them to stay in a good mental capacity, for them to feel like they're in full control of this game. And Dak was just racking up, you know, certain accolades on the field too, which is unfortunate to see because that's just fueling the fire of confidence. Um, Twenty-five attempts, thirty-six or thirty-three completions, his completion percentage was seventy-five point eight. This is a guy who typically can be forced to make mistakes, big throws. Turnovers. Prescott turnover rate in this game was so clean. So clean. Probably one of the cleanest executed games by Dak Prescott. 75.8 complete rate comes to 53% when Tom Brady's your quarterback. Now, am I putting that entirely on Tom? No. But you can't come out and look like a team that hasn't had many reps together. Like that's what you see in week one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. On Not in the wild card matchup. It was almost like a time machine. Like, I felt like I was watching in some moments, honestly, I felt like I was watching a training camp preseason matchup.
0: Yes. Yes. And it looked like
1: some of, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and uh, look, I'm glad you brought it here. Let's talk about the defense. Cause 'cause I, (laughs) I, 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 we, we hammered the offensive lot and I think I hammered the offense a lot because the defense kind of starts good and the offense doesn't help them out. But then the defense mm-hmm. falls apart too. Like it's, this is not all on the offense. This is a defense who the amount of busted you know,
1: coverages I sick restrict, over sick
0: Casey and and it's the times that they happen. It's like mm-hmm. it's like they feel the the monumental the monument of the moment and and it locks them up a little bit because in that and, and I I don't know if it was that fourth drive but at either late first half or early second half the Cowboys are on a third and one or a fourth and one. And I believe it's a fourth and one. And they do a play action, a play action pass to Pollard. And Dalton Schultz sneaks oh. right out the back door. And no one's covering. And I'm sorry. The Cowboys got a couple weapons on offense. Top three on that list is Dalton Schultz. And it's a guy who's since like week seven, eight, his catches per game go up and up and mm-hmm. up and up. be a clear target for Dak Prescott. So I'm sorry. And, and a man coverage assignment. Why is Dalton Schultz not picked up? And leaking out the back door for a twenty-yard game. So the and, and and that's why when you say it looked like a training camp, because that's what it was. It's pre-snap mm-hmm. communication, pre-snap execution. Because you see two guys going to one place. You see a guy not in a spot where he should be. And it's right. it's so so much is not on a string with that defensive secondary it makes you hard to, to do anything. Like it makes it hard mm-hmm. for a guy like Todd Bowles who wants to run a complex defensive scheme and zone blitzes and bring in Antoine Winfield. Like, you can't do that. If the rest of your secondary isn't sewing it up, like it does, you no right. good to bring Antoine Winfield off a of blitz to almost get home when he turns behind him. And there's a huge void in the secondary like that. That, that does you gap. zero good. It does you and- zero good.
1: Pause on that for a second, because what is one thing that I said to John and Jeff last week that I was scared of? Just because Winfield Jr. is so versatile does not mean that you just have him all over the place and not strategically hone in on where he could be more useful. He Mm -hmm. is so athletic. If you know that they're going to try to spread this ball, you need to rely on your front guys to manage the run game and not make that Winfield Jr. uh, make that his responsibility, especially, again, the adjusting portion of it. So after Mm -hmm. you see that they're going to their tight ends and their tight ends are actually making a, a, a mess of the situation, that's when you decide, okay, let's adjust. Let's maybe not have Winfield Jr. play up so tight. Let's drop him back a little bit. Let's get some coverage going on in the middle of the field here. Their adjusting was – and that's the part that shocks me the most too because Todd Bowles is respected for his defensive scheme and for his defensive mind. I didn't see the adjustments that you would think a brilliant man would make back there, and they were unable to lock in on a guy like Schultz. And you said it. He's been a go-to guy. He was projected as possibly the first scorer, got that first TD for this team anyway, then also led this team with 95 receiving yards. Schultz, mm-hmm. not Lamb, not Gallup, not Hilton. Schultz. <laughs> there was and, no, and, there was no locking him down or eliminating him or containing him.
0: Yeah, it was. It was like, like, like you said, busted coverages, blown coverages, and and from Todd Bowles' point, like, it, I'm not sure the adjustment he could have made. You know, because because what do you do? Like, we, we're, we're not good in coverage right now, so you sit back in a zone and allow no pass rush to get there? Because I'm looking at a secondary who we can't lock up man-to-man, but do I trust my secondary to cover four or five seconds of play while a four-man pass rush tries to get there? Like, I almost, I almost don't trust that either. Um, and the, and the, the nail in the coffin score to CeeDee Lamb, when CeeDee Lamb was wide open, you see Carlton Davis blow an assignment again. The the two point yeah. conversion where they where they score a ball goes right through Carlton Davis's hands where he should have had an interception and should have stopped it. So there's plays to be made, there's things to do on this defense, and it's just a lack of showing up and and so I think more that's accountability a on of, the
1: players than the adjustment of the coaches.
0: A little bit because and it's also a little bit a of byproduct of I, I think there were maybe two maybe three weeks all season where we had our whole secondary. So we have guys who are playing out of position, playing in places they're not used to. And then when they get back, I'm not used to... Sean Murphy Bunting not used to playing all year with Antoine Winfield Jr. Or, you know, you mm-hmm. remove Jamel Dean for four or five weeks of the season. Now he's back. Carl, you know, Carlton Davis is going to the slot. You missed Carlton Davis for the last three weeks. You know, just all this revolving door. And now we got one week as a healthy unit to trying to pull it all together to play one of the most explosive offenses in the league. So yes, it's tough, Damn. but... You know, this is this is the same unit You're who froze. won a Super Bowl two years ago. So should I expect <laughs> yeah. them to be able to put it together? And yes. Like I like I, I I know it's a tough ask, but I, I watched you win a Super Bowl two years ago with the same people. So I should expect right. you to be able to pull it together and look better than what you did on Monday night. And they just did it.
1: See, you were able to put such a perfect bow on that because like while you're right, there's a lot of accountability on the players and there may have not been too many adjustments that could be made. I think that there could be adjustments in, in in the responsibility on particular players because there's guys who this secondary has been injury prone since last season. I mean, all last season, think of the rotation of yeah, yeah, the well, guys that would go down, the guys that had step up. I mean, D Delaney, let's look at his statistics of last season and how much work he had to put in. So mm-hmm. that I feel like that revolving door in that secondary has been so consistent, at least for almost two years here now, that whatever's asked of them shouldn't feel like moving mountains. It should just feel like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go again. So definitely so much to consider in that Bucks fans. We of course want to hear from you per usual, you know, what did you think of the defensive performance? Did offense come out and think that they could rely on defense again? Did they just not come out and, and perform? Were they unable to string things together? Was it one particular piece of the offense or defense? Was it everyone as a whole, or was it as simple as the fact that they didn't have the confidence and the right, I want to say, guidance, but I mean that from a coaching standpoint, not a leadership standpoint, but guidance, you know, to get them through this this Cowboys matchup that could have been winnable for them or at least much, much closer covering that two and a half point spread that I thought they would have at least covered.